In case you didn't know, before we started running websites full-time, we actually had an agency for about four years with Mark. At the beginning, when we started it, I was sleeping on the floor and working on that same floor. And when we sold it, there was around 35 staff. So we really have a bit of experience on both sides, building sites and agency. And today we are going to try to take the opportunity of both of these experiences to settle the debate once and for all. Should you focus on building an agency and a service business or should you build your own websites or maybe both? For some people, it's probably the best idea. We're also going to take the opportunity of this podcast to share some new story we never shared before about our agency time and kind of the transition and how we went to building websites. So let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something that we really haven't talked for in like 240 something episodes. We never really made an episode about that, but we've actually dedicated four years of our lives to doing it, which is essentially running an agency. So now we pretty much have at least as much experience on both sides. I think we're like five years plus on running sites and we had four years experience as an agency. So I think it's a good time for us to reflect back and kind of like see what business model is for who and what are the pros and cons of this. Maybe can you combine both as well? A lot of people are doing that. And of course, because I built the agency with Mark, Mark is doing the podcast with me and Mark, what kind of goodies did you get this week? And uh, oh, how's it going also? It's going good, thanks. My memory is doing great. Although evidently yours is not because we've actually talked about agencies and our agency multiple times. We've had multiple shows dedicated to it. So to I don't it? know if you've just forgotten about that or, you know, I think we have too many, too many episodes, like 240, like. Come on, it's, it's like at some point it just blends all in my memory, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it's an interesting debate to have because we've seen things from both ends of the spectrum. Like we ran an agency with 30 people for, what, four and a bit years. And we've been doing our own sites for going on seven years now, six years now, seven years, something like that. I think we had some time to reflect back on the agency as well. It's like, I feel like I felt quite a, quite a bit sour just after because it's like, there's a lot of things I didn't enjoy. But now I'm reflecting back, I'm like, it's probably not the agency's problem, but rather my problem of like how I was bad. And uh, if I had done things properly, the experience would have been quite different and probably my feeling about it would feel also quite different. It's only the kind of thing that you can kind of reflect back on several years after uh, after you just took some distance and you haven't done it for a while. Maybe you see some other people do it differently and so on. So I think it's going to be quite interesting because you know how last week we talked about paid links and also the same thing. I think it's like, you know, basically what happened, we did quite a bit of paid links for a while. We did with some success, et cetera, but we also had some misadventures with it and we felt bad about it. And then time passes and we're kind of observing, we're observing the market, et cetera. And we're a little bit more like flexible and trying to take a bit more distance on these things. And I feel the agency is gonna kind of go the same way. So uh, I think it's gonna be quite interesting, but I think we should structure this a bit because otherwise we are just gonna be rambling for an hour and like nobody cares about that. Apparently some people do actually care about us rambling. Uh, when you said that in, I think last week or the week before, episode a bunch of people were like actually i really enjoy your rambles <laughs> okay well maybe we'll do a dedicated episode to that then but today we're we actually spent like an hour preparing that podcast so we might as well use the structure you know and the first point that we have is on getting started agency versus site what is the difference and i think this one is actually something that you can really separate the two quite easily but i'll let you take it over because you always start episodes so go ahead so Agencies are amazing if you need to make money this month, like today, because you can set it up, you can 
design a very simple product or offering that you want to sell to people. And you can collect money from via PayPal or whatever for a service that you then deliver next month or throughout this month. That is the polar opposite of starting your own website where most likely you're not going to be profitable in the first year. There are obviously cases when that can happen. Know a few really strong exceptions to that rule. But in general, especially if it's your first time, like don't expect to make a profit in the in the first year. You probably see a little bit of revenue coming in, but yeah, no serious money. So if you need to make some money to survive or, you know, pay the mortgage or whatever, then don't expect to make a lot of money off of a site straight away. You might want to look into starting an, an agency. Um, I remember when we started our agency, it took like a week or something to get to get our first client. Yeah. And it was it was some guy you knew you played like video games with or something. Do you remember? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played Lineage 2 with that guy, I think. And then he had, I can't remember what the website was about. It was like but, selling WoW Gold or something. Oh, uh, yeah, classic. And yeah, exactly. It was a custom of his, I think. I think he was reselling. But yeah, it's like just contacting people. Remember there was this other guy I was playing Lineage 2 with who was like a fashion photographer. And we did uh, reputation management for his mom who was a model. And we did SEO for his site as well and helped build his site, etc. So yeah, there's always like the friend of your mom or stuff like that, that you can kind of like sell these kind of services to. Yeah, it's like you don't always charge the most, but you can make some money, actually. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk also about how we started a guest post service on Wicketfire, because I think that's quite an interesting one as well. So we mentioned that guest post service we had for a while, and, you know, we've always mentioned that figure, like how we had that month where we made a thousand guest posts, right? That's cool. But I think what's interesting is how we started it here, which initially... it. We had that agency, we essentially grew from word of mouth and ranking for some keywords, et cetera, at the time. But that guest post service was a little bit different. That was the first time we actually put a proper marketing plan together and we had some kind of like productized service, et cetera. And I think it was really cool because we found, like at the time it was Wicked Fire, which is a forum, but I think places like uh, Warrior Forum, et cetera, would still allow you to promote your stuff there. And we were paying $75 per week, I think, for that thread. And we made that kind of like essentially like sales thread. And we just had a woofoo form at the time, but I would recommend you use Google Form right now. And what we did is we really worked hard on over delivering. So the community of that forum would reply on that thread and be like, oh, I got my guest posts and they're great, much better than the other services, et cetera. And we built up quite a reputation. And that really snowballed that service from the beginning. And actually, then we upsold people to like full consulting as well. So it's like there is avenues where you can promote your stuff. I know people do that on Fiverr, for example, these days where they start like a small Fiverr service, then they upsell or like Upwork as well, where there's like agency contracts. You can actually sell your stuff there, etc. So you can leverage platforms to get started and make money quite quickly now. Usually that first service that you sell to people is not always the most profitable. It pays the bills at least, like you probably pay your rent with it, you do all of that. Probably not going to become a millionaire selling stuff on Fiverr, although I could probably be proven wrong by someone. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Another story I want to talk about is Eric Carroll, actually, which is who is Perrin's brother. He was he was traveling at the time. I think it was like, so a long time ago, it was at the beginning of a Tori Hacker. And he was traveling at the time. He had an outdoor site, if I remember that he was making a few hundred dollars with per month, but it was not enough to like pay for his digital nomad lifestyle, etc. And I remember having a chat with him on Facebook. I was like, if you start a service, you're going to do just fine and you're going to be able to pay your bills, etc. It's not maybe as glamorous as starting your own websites, but at the same time, your life can stay, can be quite nice as a digital nomad running an agency even if like, yeah, it doesn't feel the same as owning a website. And so he took that advice and actually to this day, he's still running his link building agency. 
And uh, but what I remember is that within three or four months of starting, he was at ten thousand dollars a month, basically from from someone who was plateauing at a few hundred dollars per month from his site. And as we said, websites take a long time. And also, I think one thing with websites is they take some capital to, to to kind of like go at a decent speed at the beginning. It takes some money. Whereas an agency, a Google form. And like an Azure subscription and like a Hunter subscription, and you can already start a link building service, for example. It's very, very cheap. That's an interesting point, actually. I remember when we started our agency, that oh was kind of like we had other stuff going in, going on, and then we had like a few clients come in. But when we really committed to it, it was like we dropped everything and like we're doing this. Even with just a few clients, we had enough money coming in to sustain us. I don't think we could have done that if we were, our plan was to build our own sites or our no own way. site at, the, at that point because it's just it's such a slow ramp up to that point we would have had to like work other jobs do other stuff in For the meantime sure. together I don't know if you remember the situation at the time but I arrived in Budapest and I was sleeping on the floor in your room and then started the agency on that floor too <laughs> I bought a laptop I had 600 euros left and then because I was sleeping on the floor your parents felt bad so they paid the deposit for us to take a place where we both have a bed about two weeks later. <laughs> and then we paid them back a few months later from the agency money, actually. So definitely, no, we did not have the finance to start at the beginning. But that's kind of cool that it started that way and ended up with like 35 plus staff, etc. Like that was, yeah, we did okay as an agency. But there's no way in hell we would have done okay. I think the lack of uh, experience as well. I think the agency it's more forgiving, right? I don't want to. I don't want to brag, but we come up with creative strategies that people haven't seen somewhere else or something like this, like news. And a lot of these things come from the agency experience. Actually, it comes from when Expedia came to us and it's like, oh, it's Friday evening and on Monday morning we need a hundred thousand new title tags rewritten or something like that. It's like finding like these creative ways with mechanical Turk and finding ways to combine tools, etc exposure to like lots of hundreds of different different sites yeah. and working on different projects really beneficial. I think it's one thing to add to get started to be honest. It's kind of like I like the experience we had from the agency. It made me feel so much more confident starting our own sites and a lot of ideas we had at the beginning were from things we observed working on client sites as well. Working on I remember Nigella Lawson for example like she had a big content site. It gave us a lot of ideas and so on and so I'm actually big. Like if you are low on cash I'm very pro starting some kind of agency service at the beginning to get paid to gain experience as well. If you're like younger with less cash, I think I would do that. If you're older with more cash, then I would consider starting sites right away and just kind of like speed tracking the, the learning, you know, that's kind of depending on people's situation. Definitely feels like there's a, you can really make a lot of progress very quickly in an agency if you have that kind of hustle mentality versus your own sites. It's more like a strategic plan and you implement it month by month and, you know, you're just sort of waiting around for, for the results to come to you. But when they do, they're very nice. All right, we're getting off the track now. We prepared that plan. I want to stick to this. So let's jump on to the next section, which is essentially the money-making potential. How much money can you make with each business model and which is best to make money and what are the limitations as well? So you can make a lot of money with either business model and there are hugely successful agencies doing, you know, hundreds of millions of year, hundreds of millions a year. Hundreds no of millions of year. Well. <laughs> yeah, as there, are, as there are websites, you know, making millions of dollars per month. But those are the exception rather than the rule. I would say that in general, for most people, the agency has a lower ceiling, lower potential ceiling than your own sites. And there, I feel like the compounding effect of your work 
over enough time stacks up with your own site to the point where in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, you can be doing really, really well. And obviously your efforts will compound a little in an agency, but it almost felt like when we were doing it, at least there was a lot of leakage, like people would leave, clients would move on, clients would just stop, stop working with us. And it always felt like, you know, two steps forward, one step back, or sometimes two steps forward, two steps back. And the thing I noticed most when we moved over to working on our own sites was that it really felt like we were just building on top of stuff we've done before and making progress in that way. And so I think the potential ceiling for that reason over the long term is much higher. I also feel that because there's more options for monetizing with your own sites, you know, we started our, our websites with display ads and, and affiliate offers, but now we're into info products. I know a lot of people into like physical products and, you know, there's, there's many Getting different right. avenues you can, yeah, use many different avenues you, you can go with this and make lots of money. So I think the ceiling from that perspective is also very high, but, and this is the big, big but. I think there are a lot of sites out there and the majority of sites out there are not making any money or not making much money because people start them and they don't follow through till that point where they, they start to reach escape velocity. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the business model is fundamentally different, right? Because as an agency, you're essentially selling your time and it scales linearly, right? So it's like for every extra unit of time, there's a marginal cost. So every you sell an extra guest post or you sell an extra, I don't know, site audit or something. Well, a number of man hours need to go into this. And so that increases your costs together with the revenue. Whereas with websites, once you build a page, it could potentially get way more traffic without any extra work from you and make more money provided you're able to get that traffic. And as a result, what it does is that you have that marginal profit potential that's much higher on website than it is on services because of the nature of the business model. And so that is something to keep in mind. The problem is to fulfill that potential with websites, which is not always the easiest thing. And then if you don't, it's like you will make less money because when you sell let's say a, a website audit, like even if it's not very good, most clients will kind of pay you or even if it's quite bad, they'll pay you half or something. If you build a website and it's shit and Google doesn't rank it, you get zero. So the risk exposure is much higher, but the upside is also much higher. Whereas with services, you essentially reach your ceiling easier, but the ceiling is lower. Yeah, I'd also say that it's kind of like with a website, you're either successful or you're not. Yeah. Versus with an agency, like you could be a little bit successful, kind of a bit more successful. You know, there's many different people along that, that sort of path. But I just, because the fact that there's only you know, 10 positions on, on Google for a keyword. Only a few sites can, can be there for, for each keyword. Yeah, it's quite frequent to scale your agency as well, but not make more money as well because you have to like hire people because if you grow bigger, you need middle management, you need all of that because you can't man manage every employee and so on. So actually, like as you grow in complexity, your costs, your marginal cost per unit produced increases as an agency, whereas... Hopefully, as a, as a website, it does increase a bit as well. Let's say you grow a really big editorial team, you also need to start to need middle management, etc. So there is a degree of increase, but it's much easier to contain in the sense that because the content you wrote last month still produces revenue, etc., provided it's doing okay, like you kind of get that compounding effect that is much faster than you would get with an agency. So basically, agency, lower money, but easier to reach. Websites, 
higher risk, higher reward. That's how I'm I'd saying. also say if you look at the revenue per employee or per staff member, then the, sites, yeah. the numbers are just infinitely higher when you're running your own sites versus an agency. It was a real problem for us yep. getting people, getting the right people, hiring too fast or too slow, or like trying to keep up with that demand is very, very, very difficult to do. And it restricts you massively from doing a lot of things such as hiring the right people. I'm actually remembering, it's like, I can't remember, it was like a pretty bad month in the agency. It's like we were in the office and you were doing like the monthly financial like breakdown or something. And we had like 30 staff, like a nice office with like a big terrace and stuff. Like stuff was happening, right? And we had clients, etc. And Mark's like, after all the costs of everything, the staff, whatever, if we paid for links and everything, we made two hundred dollars. And it was like, no, it was it was fifty, fifty dollars, yeah, something like that. that. It was terrible. Basically, it was basically. I mean, after paying our salaries as well, it wasn't that bad. But like, it's easy to, and it's one of these things, right? If I go to like entrepreneur meetups or something, I see a lot of these people who might be in this situation. We have been in this situation, right? I'm calling people out, but I'm calling ourselves out as well, right? It's like where you, people look like they have a big flourishing company, it's amazing, etc. But actually, when you look at like the revenue minus the costs, it's not that impressive, you know? And I don't know, some people feel entitled by that. It kind of annoys me in real life, you know, when people are like that. There's a lot of facade work going on there. What really sort of intrigues me is when a family member or a friend or something is like perhaps how many you well, you it's like hey how, <laughs> yeah it's like hey how are you doing oh how's your business and you, you know you just say oh it's going pretty well yeah it's good of course they can't say how much what's your net profit yeah, per yeah, month at the moment because that's like you know faux pas but they say they'll say oh how many people have you got working for you which is kind of like an indirect way yeah. of asking the same thing because they're trying to gauge your success based yep. on that. And throughout most of our agency life, I would always answer the question, you know, the number was always much higher than you it is now. You are quite proud about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you can't spend employees in that way. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. It you just know what sucks even more is you need to manage them. You know, you need to talk to them <laughs> instead of doing work that actually makes money. It's like our team right now is much less than 35 for sure. And it's like, we're making way more money than we used to do with the agency. So it's like, People who use like number of employees as a gauge of success, I don't know, fuck off. <laughs> it's just like, I am really annoyed by that. It happens all the time when you go to entrepreneur meetups, etc., and it means nothing. I mean, company like Ahrefs is a good example. They shared the numbers publicly, I think two years ago, right? And they have 40 employees and they make 40 million per year, two years ago. So that's like $1 million revenue per employee. That's excellent, you know? And there's many, 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 many companies that will look much bigger, et cetera, will have much bigger offices, et cetera. I mean, I'm telling you, NCA, they will hate me again, but SEMrush does not make a million per employee because they have way more employees. And even though they probably make more revenue, I don't think they are this $1 million per employee, for example. But as a business, I don't know the profit margins of SEMrush, but I believe that the profitability of Ahrefs is much more invaluable than SEMrush. It's also probably a much nicer business to run at the same time. Um, so it's basically, it, I guess it's a side thing on like number of employees, etc. I see like, don't get pride, like get, be proud for making a lot of money per employee rather than being proud to have a lot of employees. And I think that's a bit of a thread meal a lot of people who start get into. It's actually a treadmill, not a threadmill. Um, oh, a treadmill no, uh, yeah, is like, treadmill is like yeah. I corrected that in the notes as well, but you know, oh, evidently oops. you didn't read it. 
Um, of course. <laughs> I do want to say, though, just on that point of people, there's a real problem, a real challenge with running an agency and managing how many people you have. I mean, we've talked about the fact that you need more people, but let's say you win two, three new big clients, you know, in a week, then it can suddenly be quite challenging to staff that project because you have let's say 10 people and they've they've all got their stuff to do so suddenly you're having to redistribute resources or you're trying to hire someone new to work on that or even worse you're you're hiring people with the expectation of oh, we those did clients that coming in which we did a lot we got a big office much bigger than we needed with the expectation of growing and we didn't grow as fast as we wanted so that caused some problems and you know, it happened many, many times that we're like, oh, this thing we're doing, this guest post service we're doing, or this type of link building, this clients is really taking off. So we need to get more people. Oh, quick, let's hire some people. And there's a real hustle to like make stuff happen. And in the rush of things, inevitably, we made subpar hiring decisions at times and hired the wrong people. Now, in our current business, running our own websites, it's so much nicer because our attitude is always time, yeah. like, we hire A players, only A players, only the best people. And despite the fact that sometimes there's demand for, for extra people in certain areas, if we don't find someone who's the right fit, we wait and we're patient and we'll come to and we'll come to it where we, we find the right person eventually. You can't do that with an agency. Yeah, I think that's what makes the level of work for many agencies like questionable sometimes. Uh, compared to building your own team. Because if you take this approach to building your own team, you can take your time. And also you can pick the right person for your niche as well or whatever. Like you, you can be a little bit more granular in who you hire versus when an agency hires someone, obviously they need to kind of like be a fit for most clients so that it makes business sense for them to hire that person. And they need to hire fast because that's what happens. We're, by the way, we jumped into difficulties. I'm saying that for the editor because they're going to freak out when they edit it. But yeah, so you end up with less good people. And um, as a result, also because they are less of a good fit, they tend, there tends to be more of a rotation of employees, like people who leave and people who get fired because they did a bad job. Like We fired a lot more people during the agency days than we fire people now, I would say. I think that's partly, okay, that's- Maybe that's because we got older. That's yeah. partly down to us though. <laughs> and like, just, we didn't know how to hire people. We yeah, but the, the pressure people, we had as or well. Or manage people. The pressure we had to fill positions fast because like that client, we had a call with him on Friday night and he wants to start next week and we have absolutely no capacity, may have kind of forced us because it was kind of the condition to growth. It's like being able to sell the clients that knock on your door or whatever, forced us to also make subpar decisions. So I think obviously it depends how you talk to your clients, how you negotiate and what the expectations are. But usually when people are like hot, like, you know, when you're selling to them and they're excited about it, if you wait too long, it's pretty frequent that clients never start and stop answering your emails if you're like, oh, let's start in two months or something and I'll contact you when we're I, ready. I do think it's smarter though, and, and I see a few agencies do that these days, to have, like, to limit your capacity yeah, to what you, and can, have a queue. you can do well and have a queue, have a wait yeah. list and have people join that. Because that actually has the effect of making your service or offering more scarce and people are like, oh, I want in, how can I get in? Can I Jason does that. Jason yeah, exactly. does that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's working well for him and I can see that. And I think we'll talk about the limitations of like the different types of agencies a bit later. I think another difficulty with agencies is not just people, it's actually promoting your agency. First of all, I mean, there's kind of like different angles. Like some people just promote in the scope of their city, for example. So like, you know, SEO agency, 
Leeds or SUA agency, Manchester or London or whatever. Or usually when you start, people tend to be casual. They tend to just pick any job that is given to them. But the problem is like then there are thousands of competitors, like outsourced agencies online that you don't meet face to face that do every kind of work. I mean, that's pretty much all of them. And the thing is, when you're doing marketing for other people all day, the last thing you want to do at the end of the day is marketing for your own agency. And I mean, we know it like for having a blog with four blog posts for like five years or something on our agency. They did okay, actually. You know, at the time, it was kind of the premise of Atari Hacker. I wrote some cool stuff on Rock and calls that did really well and stuff like that. But God damn, it's like we were doing this all day for other people and it was very difficult to find the time and energy to to do that for ourselves. And yeah, it was quite difficult for us. I don't know I don't know what you think about that. I mean, I didn't really do too much of that side of things because I was doing more like the operational aspects, I guess. But yeah, we definitely dropped the ball on that one. I think really the problem was we had so many different channels of like how we were finding new clients. It was like, we did some direct outreach. We tried some ads at some point. We had a lot of like word of mouth. People knew us like referrals, affiliates, resellers. We did some white labeling. We really made the mistake of trying to do everything. I see nowadays like the successful agency service businesses, they pick one thing and they do it and they just do that and they do it really well. And they and repeat the same process successful. again yeah. and again. Because for us, we're like reinventing the wheel every campaign, you know? Which, you know, is good from an efficiency perspective, but I I think that's also a hindrance of agency work from an entrepreneurial perspective. Like, it's not really fun doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And okay, it can be cool to make things more efficient and stuff. But if you're just repeating the same piece of work every day, it's not as interesting as, say, working on you know, a brand new client in a, a new niche or with a new celebrity at the helm that you have to figure out how their content works. These kind of things, it's fun. You know, now that we're talking about this, I'm thinking that our crazy inefficiency as an agency is actually what gave us the weapons to do quite well with websites. Because instead of <laughs> building that one process that we do really well, we touched everything. And so as a result, we got really wide range of experience like from teaching analytics to people to like doing CRO to doing SEO to doing PPC to doing all of that. I guess that's an angle you can take if you want to learn. Like if you don't want to make the most money, but rather like have this like agency pass for like two, three years and then switch to websites, then maybe you can be the catch-all agency. And then that just works with word of mouth. That can be an angle, even if you understand that it's not the best way to grow that in the future. And that usually these kind of agencies, when they grow too big, they become unmanageable and it makes your life a little bit hell, basically. Speaking of making your life hell, let's talk about clients. You stole my transition. So so that's something which you and I, let's say, were not naturally meant to do. I think that's fair to say. I learned a lot, Uh, though. (laughs) For sure. I mean... Comparing Gail's organization, you have to get like an organization coach in the first year to like help you to sort out and arrange your email because like people just you just wouldn't reply to people sometimes. Like, it was that really, didn't change really that much. bad. Fair enough. <laughs> it's gotten a lot better though if you look if you look back at things. You have to really be on the ball. You have to respond to people fast. You have to even when they're being idiots or frustrating or you know just doing saying stupid shit. You have to explain the basics to them. You have you to know, stay the like same nice, you, you know? over and over. Exactly. You have to stay professional. My problem is I would just tell people what I think. 
not that they are stupid or whatever, but rather like, okay, this decision is not the best because this and this and this. And I would go to a client. I remember I went to that guy and I said, do you want to make more money or do you want to just do that thing that you want to do? Because I literally did an A-B test to prove him my solution was better. And the guy was like, I don't care. I just want to do that thing. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're done working together. He preferred his own design <laughs> over like some kind of sales page form that yep. proved it converted better. So yeah, he'd we rather tested have fewer them. sales by his own design than a design he just didn't like so much objectively, but would have made him more money. So yeah. we had another interesting example of a client when we actually did a really good job for them. So it was a wedding DJ company in the UK and we got them so much work that they were fully booked for six months. So they fired us because, well, why would you pay for marketing when you don't need any because you're fully booked? Makes sense objectively, but it feels like all the work and all the effort we were putting in was like just spat back out at us because we did too good of a job. So it's like, well, is the incentive really to do just good enough of a job that they keep paying, but no more? Probably. I think that's a big one actually with agency. It's like you just need to give some kind of return on investment for your clients, but it's like you're, you have no incentive to do excellent. You know, like you just have, you just need to be doing good enough and then just look at the portfolio of clients. Let's say you have 10 clients and be like, okay, well, these guys are making 10% profit, 15% profit, whatever. Now let's look at the guys that are in the red and work on them only to try to also get them to 10, 15% instead of pushing the guys that are 10, 15%, even if they still have low hanging fruits that you could push to like 50%. You don't do that because you're not going to get fired if you make people money. And then your goal is to just keep everyone paying because that's how you make money as an agency. So there's a bit of like misaligned incentives, if depending how you charge, I guess, because some agencies, they charge based on results. And I think it's a better way. Like it's harder to convince people to do that in some some situations. Yeah. Though. But like it's one of these things where it's like it's like if we ever reconsider doing an agency, like let's say we stop everything. We're, we're not, doing, by uh, the way. You know. No, I'm just saying it's like it's hypothetical, you know. I would say, okay, I would probably want a base fee and then I want the rest based on performance. So that, you know, I feel like I'm essentially running like an affiliate campaign or something, and then I have a chance to really make a lot of money if I'm doing really well. And well, that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to think about on Sunday and really try to push, et cetera, versus just do my office hours and just get paid whatever fee I charge to people and then just essentially try to maintain that 5 to 20% profit for the client and not really try harder, you know. So it depends how you charge. We charge like a fixed fee, so we got that, is uh, that issue. But I think for every type of every way you charge, there's essentially downsides and upsides and you're not exactly aligned in incentives with your clients, which makes it harder to work with them sometimes in the long term, actually. It's also, there's this element of like red tape. I could I can remember so many times when we wanted to change something on the website, but their editor had to approve it and the legal department, and then they would send it to their web designer who had like hooked them in on some expensive thing that made it really difficult to change their website. Yeah. All this stupid stuff that we just don't have to deal with anymore because we want to fix something. It's like, okay, let's just log in and do it. The you thing know? is, well, yeah, when you have a lot of clients as well, it's like, you kind of like always in that emotional roller coaster where you like sign up new people and lose some people all the time. And it's like for me, emotionally, it affected me. Like I felt my life was more unstable, kind of. Like it's just a feeling, it wasn't, but it just felt. Like, I don't know, just like it would feel, I would feel like a blow every time a client would quit. And, you know, a lot of clients would quit, like, you know, with a bit of like getting mad or whatever, like whatever reason that is, like it can happen. And so it's quite emotionally tiring to have to deal with all of that all the time. Like it's 
so much nicer to just run your own sites and just like, okay, well, there is ups and downs, etc. But you just, you know, you're with yourself, you know, and like it's, you don't have to deal with people's crazy emotional roller coaster and them throwing it at you for whatever reason. And personally, because of my personality, it's like it affected me a lot. And I feel a lot happier not having to deal with that, to be honest. Yeah, it felt like at any moment, the whole thing, like yeah. House of Cards could just fall apart, right? But don't you think that you could also say the same thing about your website if like Google just, you know, some algorithm update and like, yeah. boom, you lost your traffic. The thing is, because we're making quite a bit more profit with websites, like we have the cash pillow to like just rebuild if we need to, you know, it's like I'm not worried about that. Whereas... As an agency, because you have more staff, because you have like the cost, the structure costs are higher once you start growing. It's cheaper when you do the work yourself. But then as soon as you get past yourself, then because of that linear growth of cost together with the growth of the agency, you can end up at a point where you lose a lot of clients at once, but you still have a lot of people on payroll. And that's kind of like that stressful point, I guess. That is a little bit less stressful for us now on websites because, as we said, you, you know, the content you wrote six months ago is still here. Okay, you need to update it, etc. Like, there's a bit of like decay with content these days, but not nearly as much as you would have when you run a service or an agency, etc. And as a result, the pressure, even if things go down, like imagine, like we lose 50% of revenue tomorrow. We can still pay everyone. We're still fine, right? Couldn't say that with an agency. So that's the difference. It's like, and so like, it's because of the higher profitability of running websites. And because to be honest, we have just more time as well. So time built up that cash pillow as well, etc. That makes us feel a bit more safe. Yeah, it feels better. So overall, yeah, agencies are a more emotional business. Some people thrive into that. And I, I think I want to talk about personality types of like which business model goes with personality types a bit at the end. But if you, some people thrive in that and do really well, and it's like a massive opportunity to actually just surf that and do really well. Some other people like me just tend to just not enjoy it that much and prefer to just be on my computer, have loud music and just walk on a website or something and not have to talk to anyone for the day except Mark and the podcast in the evening, but that's about it. <laughs> He's lying. He doesn't talk to me every day. He ignores me. I will say, though, like from a, a personality perspective, I think that this concept of Google just turning off your traffic overnight, that can be quite jarring to a lot of people when there's like nothing you can do in some situations to correct that or you don't know what to do, at least. At least with, when you're dealing with people and the client threatens to quit, you can like figure out what's going on and, you know, potentially solve that problem. You can talk to them. You can reason with them. Can't reason with the Google algorithm in in the same way, at least. So that's that's more problematic. Always Facebook ads accounts. Exactly. And I think that if you're just running one site, then that's like a single point of failure. Like you lose your traffic on that. That's your whole business. With clients, it's like, you know, once you have more than sort of 10, 20 clients, you lose one, two, three in a month. And yeah, it can suck, but it's not really your whole business going away in, at once. So it's a little bit more stable from that perspective, I think. I agree. I think so. Because also you can run 10 clients, but it's hard to run 10 websites, you know? And I, th- I mean, 10 websites properly. Really difficult. So it's more like that. I think it's easier to run more of these client campaigns. And so as a result, you get more stability. Again, it's kind of that trade-off that we said at the beginning. It's like agencies, lower ceiling, more stability, but less total, less potential. And then versus websites, essentially higher risk, higher volatility, higher rewards. You know, it's basically what it's looking like from our analysis. I also want to talk about competition. So if we start a website in a niche, then there's only a certain number of of keywords and kind of topics we can target with that website. And for each keyword, we are going to be competing against essentially nine other websites on the SERP, 
right? No one goes to page two of Google these days. So anyone below that doesn't doesn't really matter. The difference with running an agency though, is that, okay, let's say we start an, an SEO agency in London and we're just competing for local business there. I mean, there's still, I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of businesses in London that we could potentially work with. But most agencies these days, again, especially in 2020, will be working remotely with clients. And that just really opens up tens of millions of businesses around the world that can potentially be your clients. So you're fighting over fewer clients in the same way that, you know, versus fighting over, sorry, you're fighting not over fewer, you're fighting over a lot of clients versus you're fighting over just a few spots on the SERP, if that makes sense. Mm, I disagree with that because there's a lot of keywords as well. Like if you think, okay, there's 10 spots for that one keyword, but there's also like so many variations, etc. Like you can also find small holes. It's not the same because it's like, people still don't have that same digital vision as they have real life vision. So it's like understanding like where is the small niches of clients in real life. It's more easy for people to understand than it is to find these gaps in keywords, etc. But the quantity, the quantity <laughs> factor there, the differential is massive though. Like there's just so many businesses out there and all of them yeah, want yeah. more visibility, want more leads, want more customers. And if you're an agency, you can help with that. There's only... Okay, there there might be quite a few that you can find, but there's not there's a there's a finite number. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and also because even if there's a lot of keywords, a lot of the same sites rank for the for these many keywords as well. Like in you know when an agency like I mean the health niche and health line is a good example, right? Sure, there's a lot of health keywords, but you'll find health line on all these subs, <laughs> and it's like so. It's, yeah, you have a point. Google is a bit more competitive than real life, basically, and because there's so many more avenues in real life, and also there's a lot of people that just tend to prefer real life referrals over Googling stuff. All right, you want to do the can it coast section? Yes, this is, I think it plays into our personality. This is one of the reasons why I became really happy when we started working on our, on our own sites because in an agency, it felt like you're always expected to like perform every single month, no matter what happens. And you're getting judged every single month for it. No client takes a, a long-term Yeah, you start over things. every month. Exactly. With your own website, you can really take your foot off the gas. Like we did sometimes if you stop working on one website, work on another website. And okay, it's not just going to stay exactly the same because other people are competing and, you know, it gets out of date and various things, freshness and all that. But you can let it coast for a considerable amount of time. I mean, there have been times when we were just like, we didn't blog on Authority Hacker for Man, right what now. was it, like nine months or something like that. Right now, we're not posting anything really on the blog. It's just like, we're focused on tasks, we're focused on a lot of like premium content for members, etc. and also just other projects, to be honest. By the way, like if anyone's listening and is not on our email list, we are reshooting the Authority site system at the moment. We sent a, an email so out about work. that uh, during our, our past launch, but we've been working on that for many, many months now. Since June, uh, we're on it. Huge, huge <laughs> amount of work to do all this. So that's one of the benefits of this type of business model. We can work on a project like this, and then we're still getting the same amount of traffic roughly every single month from organic. Yeah. I mean, like now is a good time for Tori Hacker. Like, I hope we can go back to it next year, but like, yeah, right now it's kind of like not much is happening on the blog. And yeah, traffic is more or less stable, basically, like some up, some down, nothing too crazy. But yeah, it's nice. You get that essentially passive traffic. Obviously, if we left it for like five years, I don't think there would be much traffic left. Like there's, there is a degree of erosion of traffic on websites as well, especially these days when Google really loves that refresh content stuff, etc. But within a reasonable amount of time, you can let it glide. 
With an agency, there's no chance. It's like uh, three months later, you come back, there's nothing left, you know? <laughs> Apart from that one guy, you remember that one guy who signed up, we signed him up and then for three years he paid and never ever checked any report or anything. And he was just on subscription. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Great client. I, I wish they were I, all like that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that one guy was, I wish it was like that. But yeah, so it can happen that some clients don't really care so much and rebuild for three years in our case. But that's not going to be the case on most clients. And a lot of clients would just really be on your back, actually. They would want like a monthly call. They would want you to talk to them through the reports and all of that. And it's, it's a lot of work, actually. So you can't, even taking holidays is a, is a bit more difficult when you run an agency, like real holidays when you're not working. When you're on the site, it's quite doable. You know, it's like we tend to have like, these big projects. And when we complete one, I think it's a good time to take a break if you want. Take two, like, take two weeks off and then just nothing changes too much unless there's some crazy Google update the day you leave on your holidays. It should be fine. So, but even yeah. then, there's like not that much you can do about it anyway. So you might as well just kick back and enjoy the pina colada on the beach. Yeah, I like the fact the way we structure our work as well, right? Because when we run websites, we're able to, as I said, just pick some big project. Like let's say we want to launch an info product or we want to or launch a new site even. Like for example, we're finishing a new site right now. And there's probably like a few weeks of work left for it to feel like, you know, the first version is here, you know? And then well, we tend to push quite hard. Like probably tonight I'm gonna be working till like eight, nine PM on this to like finish that thing. But when it's done, it, you know, if I feel like taking the day off on Tuesday, I don't mind. And I just do it and like nobody's gonna tell me anything. And we have this kind of like lighter periods of work where we can focus more on personal life and doing things during the day as well, not just work. And we have these kind of like crushing periods where we like uh, the competitive side, the competitive side of us wants to complete that project, do it as well as possible. And I feel that I can, you know, push myself during this crushing period because we also have these rest periods kind of after. I remember the agency was a constant treadmill and it was, there was a bit of a burnout at the end, you know, that's, I feels like a more balanced lifestyle basically for me. Let's talk about exit potential now, because I think we're one of the few We've done both, people, yeah. partnerships <laughs> who have sold an agency and, and sold also a sold a website that we've built. So let's talk about some of the differences there, because we've, we've talked quite a bit about selling websites and stuff on the show, but not so much about selling an selling agency. agency. Actually, that's not right. We did, we did do one episode maybe four years ago on selling our agency, but you know most people listening won't have heard that one. So Let's get into it. Straight up numbers. So a website will sell for typically 30 to 40x monthly profit. Uh, an agency will sell for about 12, or at least it was when when, when we sold I think ours. it's more now. I think it's more like, again, uh, I talk with some people who consider selling the agency, it's a bit more now. It's just like it's been a while. It also depends on how you build your business. Yeah. Just inherently with a website, the value is in the domain, the content, the links, everything which is kind of somewhat static. With an agency, the value is in the relationships and the people, which are much harder to transfer over to a new owner unless you're very rigorous in your SOPs documentation and you have really thought about doing this from the start. If you've never thought about selling your website, it's very easy. It's not going to take you very long to like get it into the shape where you can. it's a sellable asset. With an agency, I mean, it took us over six months, and even then, it was you, you would argue that it wasn't really in, in the best place to be be sold at the time. So afterwards, as well, obviously, there's a lot more work from us managing the transition when the relationships and all that kind of stuff. I'm just thinking of when you say transitioning the relationship. I'm thinking of uh, that one client transfer call we had. 
with one of our project manager, the new owner and the two of us. And it was a client that we knew quite well. I'm not going to say his name, but we knew him quite well. And he knew his account manager quite well for like two or three years at this point. And he was an agency in Australia. <laughs> and literally the client, like we were in Thailand at the time, I think, like all of us. And the client jumps on the call and starts like talking about how the account manager is going to be banging ladyboys and everything. (laughs) And the new new owner just goes like, what the hell did I just buy as a business or something? But this client really had like prestigious clients, right? We work for like big companies through him, et cetera. Like he was a good client. Like he was spending five figures a month and so on. It was, it was good, but like. But they kept working together for a long time afterwards as well. Yeah. But like it is difficult sometimes to pass on like these relationships because when you have an agency as I said like you know we're, we're joking with him but like the new owner doesn't have that relationship and it feels weird to jump in etc and so it is a challenge to sell an agency much more than selling a website obviously like if you wanted to sell a site like Autoria Hacker I think it would be even more challenging because you essentially need to introduce we're not doing this by the way don't worry just it's good to take as an example because everyone knows it because you need to essentially yeah, so, so like one. we're like the personality the face behind it so like a lot of the value is in Mark and Gale rather than just a domain itself, which would be the case if it was like a thin affiliate site with like no persona, no um, audience, like repeat audience. It was just relying on like single clicks through from Google to the program. This call reminds me of uh, how difficult it was to pass like, you know, relationships and so on. And, And yeah, it's not easy to sell an agency at all. Anything to add on selling an agency versus selling a site? Nope. Okay. Now let's talk about the time of types of personality and like things people should like for each type of business, right? So I prepared these notes, so I'm going to do it. Essentially, if we had, I mean, first of all, I want to talk about if we had to start an agency. If we had to start an agency again, I would, I mean, at this point, I would not do a catch-all agency anymore. I would probably do something that is like niche specific. So, I mean, we've done that for Tory Hacker. Again, I like to take Tory Hacker as, as an example because it's an example everyone knows if they're listening to this podcast, which is we did not target online marketing. We targeted authority sites, right? We took some kind of like, we sidestepped the niche with like a specific angle so that we could find a smaller audience, but an audience that would be more engaged than if we just talked about blogging or online marketing or something like this. And I would do something a bit similar with an agency, right? So I would do maybe an agency only for content sites. Maybe we run corporate blogs only, for example. Like I would maybe do that. Or we run, we do only SaaS launch marketing. I would love to do like launches as well. Like we've done a lot with the Toy Hacker and some other sites. Or like software as a service or e-commerce or something like that. I would focus on that and then just kind of like sell the specialization so that I essentially bypass all the generic agencies and like people feel like, oh, I'm hiring specialists, not just random marketers. I'll probably charge high and get a few clients at the beginning. It's kind of like we didn't have that luxury when we started because we needed money right now. I was sleeping on the floor, remember? (laughs) And (laughs) if we did it right now, I would probably just pick one or two clients, charge high, and then just build these processes that you can repeat and repeat again and spend the time to build. uh, We mentioned that tool, we use slab.com, right? So I would build a slab for the company with like all the how we do things, etc. And even if you make less money, just like pay the bills with the few clients, don't make a lot of money. But then when you hire your first staff, you know, there's like a hundred pages on Slab, they can just go pick it up and do the processes and you just talk them through these videos, there's everything. Basically, I would rebuild Atari Hacker Pro for my own company. It's basically what I would do. And then I would keep some time to market myself as well. It's like, that was our mistake as well. Like once you have your focus, once you have your processes, etc., then because you don't have a lot of clients, you can figure out a marketing plan, which we never have time to, if you're always selling and running on that treadmill of selling. And after that, then start hiring people, basically. That's kind of how we start 
an agency. I'm not going to say how we would start a website because you can go actually on autohackertraining.com and see that. So I'm actually going to skip that part. Just to add to the bit about starting an agency, I think focusing in on a, a business area or a, a type of client where they have a lot of money, they have a big marketing need and it's growing. So like SaaS, e-commerce, that kind of thing, fantastic. Like don't get into doing digital marketing for ironmongers or something like that. I mean, it's an extreme example, but yeah, that makes such a big difference. And we found as well that companies which were receiving investment money, so like Silicon Valley types, they were much easier to sell because they almost like had money that they had to spend. So yeah, a little bit easier in that sense. That's why software service is a big one, yeah. I'd also try and like even niche down a little bit further. So like we do digital marketing for SaaS. It's okay, but like if you take like, let's say, Marketing you know, people, or something. Yeah, or people in a certain round of funding. We get you from here to here kind of thing. Yeah. Like have a very specific reason for people to come to you over any other competitor. And the more you can niche down, the easier of a more of a like, no-brainer it's going to be for the person in that situation. I think beginners are scared of that, actually. Like when you start, you're scared of doing this because you don't always have you access to, to no. people. You want to say yes to everyone. And also you don't always have access to people that would buy that service initially. So it's like reaching them is a, is a bit tricky. It can be done, though, and I think it's a better way of doing it. So it's like it's more challenging, but uh, you get better upsides from it. Final point, don't compete on price. Like if you're in yeah. a race to the bottom to be like the cheapest link building agency or, or whatever else, it's a war that you, the winners will also be losers. Comes from the guys who used to rank number one for cheap SEO about 10 years ago. And, Terrible keyword. Uh, and had the website called matcheapseo.com. That was our domain, actually. It's probably a PBN at this point. Put, put that in archive.org <laughs> and, and have a look at the, the magnificent The stock image thing. guy that was like this, do you remember that on the homepage? Good times. But um, okay, let's talk about personalities because I think it's a really important one. I think people who start agencies, they do better if they're more extrovert people that are good at networking, good at like, I call it schmoozing people, just like making people like them and like, you know, shaking hands and making deals and that kind of stuff. Obviously not in 2020, don't shake hands, but other than that, usually that works pretty well. If you don't mind the idea of having clients as well. And I think it's also, you know, because we said you make money faster with agencies, like some people don't want that big exit. They just want to make 20K a month. So, like they want to make good money per month, but they don't want to make like millions. They just want to have that lifestyle that they can go to the nicest restaurant in town or whatever, rent a nice place with a view on the city and go for their trips in business class and pay for all of that, have a little bit of saving or like have a nice car, whatever it is. And they don't really care about that big exit. And if you're more like that cash flow person that wants to make that money and your ambitions are below 100K a month, let's say, I think agency is, is a good business model as well. And you need to also be fine with essentially repeating the same process over and over because that's the simplest way to run your agency rather than running this, like reinventing the wheel every time, basically. And on the other side, people who do better with websites tend to be a bit more entrepreneurial. Like they have this big ambition, but they tend to have frugal lifestyles. So it's more like you see a lot of, I mean, a lot of like Chiang Mai crowd, whatever, wearing the same H&M t-shirt that I'm wearing all the time and all of that. But at the same time, they're ambitious. They want to do well, but they don't need to do well right now. And they are problem solvers. They like to like bump into an issue they never encountered and try to figure it out and try to learn it and kind of like progress by doing different things every day and so on. 
This is more the website mentality, basically. That's kind of my opinion. What do you think overall for this? I think there's different types of people that run a website. I wouldn't be so quick to like just pigeonhole them in the same way. I think just the fact that like group of people we hang out with and who are in our audience yeah, and that kind of thing, it's almost like self-selecting in a certain way. But you look at what's her name, the making sense of sense person. She has a massive website in am and like a, a course, a huge community, but it's, a, it's mostly women. Ours is like overwhelmingly men. Oh yeah. And it's just really interesting, like the different types of people that you have having that. It's like more sort of like mommy blogger-esque, not quite, but I think we're just only seeing one small subset of the type of the people who run websites and who have their, have their own businesses. Yeah, that's true. So, so that's maybe clouding our vision somewhat. So I just want to be careful of that. Fair enough. Okay, to close this podcast, because we've been rambling for a while. Remember, you guys told us you like rambling. So. Yeah, well, here you go. Would you go back and build an agency again if everything fell apart? Like, if everything fell apart, would you, what number position of opportunities would be the agency? Would be on top? Would be at the bottom? What would you put above or below, you know? It would be pretty far down. I think it would be, it would be higher than I would. If you'd ask me this in the two, oh, take a job, two three... If you ask me this, oh no, sorry, that's at the bottom. That's always at the bottom. But if you'd asked me this a year or two after we left or sold our agency, I would have said never, no way in a million years. Now, like after having this discussion, looking back, I'm like, actually, we did a lot of things wrong. And like, if we just did this, just did this, it could have worked. So, like, I wouldn't totally rule out completely as an option, but still, it's like, it's not, it wasn't fun. And, you know, Hindsight, you can often forget like the the bad times and like the emotions and, and stuff. So I would honestly never go back. I'd rather do that than get a job, but probably okay. I'd do something else instead. But now what do you think about people who are interested in authority sites, but maybe don't have a lot of cash available, but maybe could make some time? Like there's kind of the argument, right? It's like, could they run some kind of, you know, marketing service from all the stuff they've been learning? and use that cash towards their site versus just grinding without cash on their sites. You know what I mean? Absolutely. People people could do that. And I think that there's maybe, uh, I mean, it depends where you are in your hard, experience, right? Because right? you, you can't just start a, an agency if you have zero skills or knowledge. Like you have to have some kind of underlying experience or knowledge or, or something to get started. So I think that if you're the type of person that's maybe been grinding away for a couple of years and like never made any headway, then starting an agency to like get your feet wet, maybe so you can quit your job wherever your day job that you dislike or hate if you're in that situation you're really trying to get away from a job you hate then this can be a really good short-term solution i think even if you you plan on getting into authority authority sites long term but you just have to be a little bit a little bit careful because it can also like suck up a lot of your time and it can prevent you from actually having the energy to to work on your own site like what you said before you're yeah, doing marketing, marketing yeah. and stuff all day for other people. The last thing you want to do in the evening is like do it for I, yourself. I was going to say that. I would say yes, but I would say don't overcome it. Like the goal is not to get rich from the agency. It's just to one, accumulate experience and two, making money so that you can essentially, you're spending an hour working on a client and that buys you three or four hours of writing from someone else. Then that's when it's a worldly trade because then you can get more than one day worth of work from one day 
of work, you know? So it's kind of like the way I would look at it, but I would not look at it as a way to fill up your bank account as high as possible, etc. It's kind of that thing. It's like, I like agencies if you don't scale them as a way to essentially raise money for your projects because that can be quite good. And it's, as I mentioned for the story of Eric, for example, it's not that hard to get to five figures quite quickly. And then if you're there and then you leave with like two and a half thousand dollars and you're making 10,000, then you have a lot of cash to reinvest. And provided you have some energy left after you've been running your agency, then the opportunity is high. If you have some capacity of doing work coupled with quite decent money, then you might make faster progress than if you did not have the agency and worked full-time on your sites, while also getting some security and building an asset that, even if it's sold for a low multiple, can be sold later once you don't need it anymore. So it's something to consider, to be honest. You do have to be very disciplined if you're following that approach, because it's very easy just to fall into the, I'll start my sites next year, or I'll just keep doing this for a little bit longer. And then before you know it, you've been doing your agency for five years and you're like, actually never really made the, the leap over to running your own sites. I wish we stopped our agency two years earlier. I think two years would have been enough. And yeah, well, we'll be two years ahead today. That's my opinion. So four years was a bit too long. I'm sure we acquired some experience from these extra two years that, you know, we don't regret. But it's kind of like business school, right? I did four years of business school. Honestly, if it was done properly in one year, it was done. Yeah, it's like, it's, so I wish I just got my three years back here as well. So that's basically it for this podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to go on YouTube and like it. Also subscribe and click on the notification bell and also answer the question of the week, which is going to be, have you ever worked in an agency environment or are you considering doing that if you're a beginner or something like this, considering any of the tips we gave on like having an agency to start and so on? What is your opinion on that? Drop us the comment on YouTube and we are reading all of them. We don't always have to reply, time to reply to all of them, but we read all of them. You can also listen to this podcast on all the audio platforms. So wherever you get your podcast, you can find us, Atari Hacker. And we hope you enjoy this podcast and we'll see you next week.